0: Academy presents Rot Iron Mist. A Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition actual play Starring Michael as Aramie Mott, Scott as Dane Seaborn, and Matthew as Cassandra Ziegengeist. Featuring Caleb, your Game Master. This actual play is supported by BattleBards.com. Okay, so the salt offering is pulling into port. You are all thrilled to see civilization around you. Everyone give me a perception check with those handy-dandy easy roller dice.
1: Can I use that 20 that I rolled before? No good cuz i got a one this time i'm just getting out the <laughs> i'm just getting out the goodies
2: getting out the kinks yep getting All out i got a 17 plus 2 is 19
3: boom easy roller 9 minus 1 8 how do you have a oh
0: god we have this conversation every time i'm a terrible bell character and uh with the natural one cassander has a what total oh uh
1: that's a that's a hard 3
0: hard it's 3 hard. Hard three. three. It's my my favorite. All right. So Cassander, you are very interested in the remnants of the strange tentacled creature that you all just barely survived fighting with. So uh, even though the port itself is surrounding you, you are very focused on finding some samples of this creature, trying to preserve it, uh, write some notes down. What you actually find, though, is that the bits and pieces that are left over are actually withering and seemingly uh, just shrinking down into almost like beef jerky, like, like a, a hard substance. So uh, as soon as you realize this is happening, you are running around just trying to sketch things. Uh, you're actually trying to interview members of the crew while they are piloting the ship and trying to get into port. So you're running around interrupting people, asking questions about this monster, and they are uh, snapping at you and, and kind of ignoring you.
1: Humans are rude.
0: Arami, you are more taken back by the port you are going into. You grew up on the Reforged Isles. You grew up in a jungle island with a small smallish city built on it. You're used to seeing other creatures, other races, boats. But the Reforged Isles was is pretty small. The port you are pulling into is, in your opinion, massive. Warhammer Bay could hold a dozen ships easily. Uh, and that but that was kind of its maximum. Stormbreaker port has 40 ships docked right now, and it's not even half full. You are just blown away by the sheer size and scale of what you are seeing. Uh, So you're, you're focusing kind of on all these ships that you see. You hear voices you've never heard, languages you've never heard, different types of music clashing and ringing through the air Uh, the storm that you guys were sailing through has subsided but it is still kind of raging in the background you hear those last remnants of thunder and crashing waves so there's all this cacophony of noise that army is just hearing you can see every race that you know a dozen more that you've never seen before And you're just looking at the port. You haven't even taken in the fact that there is a city behind the port as well. So you're taking all this in, but you're just very overwhelmed by what you're seeing. Dane, on the other hand, is looking at Stormbreaker Port with the clarity of someone who wants to get off a boat and is excited to see civilization. Uh, Did I forget, did Dane... Grow up on the Reforged Isles? Uh, he did. Yes, he's he spent
2: uh, his entire life uh, coddled and supported by that community as as a divinely marked being. He's never had any uh, reason or motivation to leave the space where they revere him and go somewhere where they wouldn't.
0: Until now. <laughs> All right. So, like Aramie, you have that shock of seeing something this big. However, you're common sense and quick mind kicks in and you recover from just the shock of seeing the size of what is in front of you and you start taking in the details the port itself is massive easily will hold a hundred ships if not more what draws your attention first is that this port cut into a cliff face So imagine a massive wall of rock in front of you, hundreds of feet high, uh, stretching out to the left and right. And just cut into the cliff face is a jagged line. And it's very wide. It's wide enough to handle a dozen ships sailing abreast. And... The cut tapers in as you go, but it tapers in very slowly. So the mouth of the port is incredibly wide, and there are berths every so many feet for all of these ships. So as you are sailing into this port, you see all of these ships docked. Uh, You see that the walls of the cliff face are actually kind of cut away going deeper into the rock in a, a staggered pattern. So starting low close to the docks and then kind of like a reverse step going out deeper into the walls of this mountain. And that is where you see hundreds of shops, restaurants, buildings, houses, apartments, apothecaries. Civilization. Oh, this this is, you're sailing into a metropolis at this point. And it is a throng of people and noise. Uh, again, just like RME, you see races that you've never seen before. You hear language. You hear music that you've never heard before. This is almost unbelievable to you that so much life exists outside of the Reforged Isles. But here it is right in front of you. The three of you are on the deck uh, Army and Dane are kind of standing in awe of what you are seeing. Cassander is running around trying to talk to people and scribble down notes. Captain Grimudgeon comes down from the helm. He claps Cassander on the shoulder, kind of hustles him to the front of the ship, and stands there with all three of you. Well, boys, here we are. Stormbreaker Ports. What do you think? It's It's incredible. Oh,
2: is, is that a furniture shop right in the port? And, and I think I see a couch. It looks magnificent.
1: The viscous fluid congealed quickly to the surface. Oh, look, city of the wood. it Professor,
3: would you get your face out of those boring old books? So Army actually would have saddled up next to Dane, and my hand would have found yours, and I'm kind of just... Somewhat shyly holding your hand as I just mouth agape look at this magnificent view, something I've probably never even imagined before.
2: Army, so many people ha- who haven't heard of Kovar and Invar or or have not converted just imagine
3: are you going to help me? You know the scripture so much better than I
2: Oh yes and and yet doesn't it say for for it is it is he who knoweth the scripture best. Who shall hold his tongue and bide his time and buy his couch? I'm not familiar with that pa- passage. I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure that's in in burnt copper one twelve. That that's somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I'm, it's somewhere in the back.
3: Anyway, I need to I need to study more. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll be great. It'll be great. I'll I'll get a couch and and you can study. It'll, it'll be fantastic. So so, Captain, do we just jump
0: off here? Is is that cool? Ah, hold, hold on, slow down, Dane. Our, our berth is, is down a bit closer to uh, the end of things here. Just hold on, we'll, we'll dock in a second, and uh, I'll show you around the town a little bit. I'll, I'll help you get your bearings, and then we will see what we shall see. The suckers remain rigid
1: even after the creature's dead. They're rigid, they're, they're, this is fascinating!
3: How long do you anticipate we'll be in port, Captain.
2: Log enough for this limp sucker over here to do his work, right?
0: That could last months. Hard to say, Army. Uh, We have a bit of a cargo to drop off. We all have some business to attend to. I have a feeling that we'll be here for at least a week. I may get another job to sail off. I may uh, hold court and talk to some people, do some business. It's hard to say nothing is ever predictable here at stormbreaker
1: <laughs> some might say nothing here is set in stone huh captain because because you're not dwarves okay uh G- I'm gonna, no, yeah, professor you're, you're you're better with the book stuff yeah, maybe I'm you should gonna, just i'm gonna i'm gonna just keep going yeah
0: okay. that's, that's for the best captain grimudgeon groans a bit at your pun and uh returns back away from the three of you, starts shouting orders to the crew. Uh, after a few minutes, the salt offering docks and the the crew members tire down. Uh, they start opening the doors to the hold, those large doors in, in the deck of the ship, and a few of them uh, get the cranes and hooks uh, on the side of the dock and start bringing them over to start lifting out these large boxes.
2: You know, Captain Curmudgeon, uh, I can't help but be reminded of, of a joke from the the Sphinx, right? Uh, stop me when you, you've heard this one, but, uh, so mid-birth, they have to tire down, right? And then they bring in this crane and, oh, what's that? Ah, uh,
0: Captain Grmudgeon just sighs again. Look, look, there's another furniture store! What, what were we talking about? I've, I've forgotten. Alright, so Captain Grmudgeon leaves the salt offering in the hands of Scales, the quartermaster. Uh, He tells Scales to get things in order, get some business taken care of, and the four of you walk off into the city. There is a crowd of people that you are walking through. They completely ignore you. Dane, for the very first time, you notice that no one cares what you look like. So so Dane is, is very
2: personally torn at this moment. Uh first of all he's he's shocked. He's never experienced this before. Honestly, he thought it was his personal magnetism, or this is how everyone lived, right? It was it was as natural as breathing to be uh sort of gawked at or revered or had people get out of your way. And to be lost in a crowd is uh on one hand, extremely appalling for the uh extreme attention magnet that he is. But on the other hand, uh there are juicy rich pockets here, and they're completely ignoring me. So, uh, if, if, while Dane's mulling his, his newfound anonymity, his hand may stray into the loose coin purse of, of, uh, any particular passerby who he thinks is, is a really good mark.
3: I like to think that, uh, Army, still having your other hand, constantly will, like, point at things and sort of pull you so that every time you're about to grab something, I jerk you away just unknowingly. <laughs>
2: Kind of accidentally clumber me into the mark or out of the reach. Like, <laughs> no, oh, oh, sorry, pardon us. Son of, can really? Army. Look at that. And these. And they have one of those. Army. What even is that? We had two of those back home. That's not that impressive. Come on. Ooh. But two. They have like three. Oh. And they're bigger. Yes, yes, they're extremely girthy. And in multitudes. Uh, boy, I've, I've never seen so many rain barrels in one cave.
3: This is really incredible. But honestly... Look at how these boxes are built. They have double horseshoe nails. We don't have boxes like that on our island. We should definitely bring those back. They would be much more secure.
2: Yeah, and I'm sure uh, shipping goods in them would be... Come on, Army. Didn't you leave your, your good shipping job? Uh, say, uh, Army, what's that over there? kind of dip my hand into this guy's pocket almost.
3: They have paperwork in triplicate? Son of... Why that would... That is sh- so
2: much better than what we do. Don't push that in my face. Come on.
1: Oh, c- Professor, Professor, uh, can you yeah. babysit? Uh, yes, yes, I can. Just let me finish this last entry. Ah, uh, he'll never be done. Okay. The have a fine. It's fine. That is... y-
2: you know what? It's it's fine. It's I'm you know, it's, it's fine. I'll just sneak out after dark. Well, we'll anyway. <clears throat> so, uh, Captain Gumbujin, you you've
0: mentioned a tour. Captain Grimudgeon has just been chuckling to himself. Uh, He, at first, was walking ahead of you, just leading you through the crowd, and then when he saw all your shenanigans, he actually dropped back a little bit just to let you take your time and observe what was happening. He's very visibly amused by uh, what the three of you are going through and experiencing here. Yes, yes, uh, we'll we'll go around here. I I definitely want to stop at uh, my... My own personal home port here, so to speak. Follow me, follow Your me. Your wife is here? No, no, no. She's uh, she's off on a different ship. She we, we We don't usually meet up here. Oh, okay. So he cuts through the crowd. And again, there are just hundreds of people streaming back and forth working. Every ship you walk past has several dozen crew members loading or unloading, fixing things, You, of course, see different people you are familiar with. You see elves and dwarves working alongside humans and gnomes, but you also see creatures you've never seen before. Uh, You see winged beasts actually flying from side to side of this massive port, some landing on the tops of ships, some carrying packages or messages. You see people uh, pulling... Handicabs, if we want to think in a real-world term here, uh, shouting at people to get out of their way and running over smaller people that don't get out of their way. Uh, Ooh, you see, I, I like how people travel here. You see creatures that remind you of cats and dogs. Uh, you see creatures that are completely foreign to you, almost looking like they are made of rock or sand. Everywhere you look is something new. It's nothing you've ever look, seen before. That little orange and brown one's chasing
3: that cat. Is mm-hmm. That thing, like
2: made of sandstone or something, is, is it going to eat the cat? <laughs> is, is this like the natural professor? Yeah. What, what's what's that little furry thing? What, what's he's from Melmac? Oh, I, I haven't been to that port. Is
1: yeah, it's a it's a far off island. No one goes there. Hey cats, it's weird.
0: And as you guys are walking, Captain Grimudgeon takes a sharp left away from the port, and you are walking between these buildings that are built into the rock wall and, and they're very closely stacked. Uh, imagine any post-apocalyptic, not post-apocalyptic, more cyberpunk themed movie where the buildings are just stacked on top of each other very tightly in that type of urban development that is way overpopulated. Imagine that type of visual. That's what you guys are seeing here.
2: Army, I'm kind of uncomfortable. I've never been below average in height before. How how do you deal with this?
0: This is a very urban city, so there are still, even in the alleys, people jostling back and forth. There is garbage and waste everywhere. There are small food vendors and people selling things everywhere that you can see. There's street urchins running around. Dane, one thing you've noticed consistently as you've been walking here... You don't really see anyone that appears to be an authority. You don't see guards. You don't see what you would consider a law enforcement officer.
2: This is the best place I've ever been. <laughs> I just... No one told me that there was a chimere place with couches and rubes. I... Captain Grimudgeon, uh, I, I know it's early to say that I've fallen in love and that I found my true purpose in life and that I'm not going with you again, but I've fallen in love and I've found my true purpose in life and I'm not going with you again. Let, let's just
0: lay that out there. Captain Grimudgeon claps you on the shoulders, Dane. <laughs> Dane, there is much more to this world than what we are looking at. And if this place is appealing to you, I can show you something even bigger and better. B- bigger and better? That that couch has three sections. What do they even call that? And one of them reclines. Oh, what? Wh- uh, wh- <laughs> so after a few more minutes of walking and cutting through back alleys, and, and what you can tell is, is definitely a well-traveled path for the captain, he stops in front of a building that is unmistakably a tavern. Uh, It is not a multi-storied building like the Sphinx was. This is a low, uh, single-story dark building with shutters drawn and a front door standing partially closed. People are walking back and forth in front of it. One or two people walk in, a couple people walk out. Uh, But this is one tavern among many. One storefront amidst an entire wall of, of other stores to go into. So very much in opposition to the reforged aisles. It's not the place to go in real world terms. This is kind of a, a corner dive bar people that people just want to go to. They've made it their favorite place. As you guys walk toward it, you see a sign on the wall. It's faded a little bit, but it's labeled the blinking Medusa and Gurmudgeon Pushes open the door, walks in, and takes a seat at a corner table.
3: Army's gonna hold back just a minute. This doesn't seem like a very inviting place, and obviously the, the entire alienness, m- m- you know, Alf not included, of this place has kind of got her a little bit off point. But then she will sheepishly follow uh, once Dane and Cassandra go in.
2: So uh, we, we we get in and we settle down a little bit. Uh, before Dane notices uh, the back room with with live dancers, and he's like, "Is that the winking
0: Medusa's room? I want to go in there." If you want to, Dane, uh, just be ready for it. I don't know if you are. It's gonna get you rock hard, right? <laughs> I have no response to that.
2: <laughs> First bad thing I've noticed: the. I mean, this, this this place is full of huge people, but why are the ales so tiny? They don't come in gallons. What is this pint
0: shit? Who? Captain Grimudgeon, who lives like this? Captain Grimudgeon has a glass and he's drinking. Uh, This is how civilized people enjoy ale, Dane. Is it just so you can feel like you drank that money more? What? Well, you see, as you experience more of the world, you will find out that there are many, many different types of ale. And they are brewed in many different ways with many different ingredients. So... By drinking smaller glasses, you could enjoy different types. Th- that's the other thing. I don't taste the iron filings in this. Again, uh, off of the small island that you grew up on, we do things a little bit differently.
2: You're right. I'm, I'm sending it back, right? That's 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 the rule of thumb. If, if, if it's not red and gritty, you uh, missed something there, Mitty.
1: <laughs> Dane, tr- just drink the glass, and if you don't like it when it's drained... Then I'll buy you your next round, okay?
2: There's only two sips in here. You can't call this a round. What? <sighs>
1: okay, um. All right, Dane. I'm gonna I'm gonna lay down the 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 law for you. And I know I know this is gonna sound a little bit a little bit preachy, but I'm just trying to tell you, a lot of other races cannot imbibe alcohol at the quantity that dwarves do, because your fortitude allows for more consumption of alcohol. Ergo, you're used to drinking a lot more than these folks.
2: So what you're saying is, I can pretend to be drunk and hustle people.
1: Yes. Wait. Oh. Shit. That's... Hey.
3: All right, all right, all right, all right. Army, hold my little shot glass of beer and watch this. Are there any other dwarves around? Blue or otherwise? Absolutely. There are a handful of dwarves at the bar. God, dwarves
2: I've
0: never seen before. That's that's new. There are uh, mostly humans in this bar. They are grouped together over to the side, talking, drinking, eating. Uh, there are a handful of dwarves at the bar. Uh, the rest of the bar seems to be pretty busy comparatively to what you guys are used to. So there's a lot of people uh, moving in and out. As you guys are sitting there, One of the bar wenches comes over. She is a slightly older woman, but very jovial, looking pretty happy. She's carrying a tray full of pint glasses and plates of food. She drops them off on the table in front of all of you guys and uh, gives Captain Grimudgeon a wink before she walks away. As you are sitting there, you're just kind of taking in the new town, the new area. Uh, the the food is very similar that you're, you're used to. There's nothing crazy or strange there, but uh, you're in a new environment, so you're just experiencing new things and sitting down and, and trying to get used to it all. Uh, Grimudgeon tucks into his meal heartily. He's very hungry. And as he finishes, he stands up, grabs the plates, takes them back up to the bar, and comes back with four very large small for you but large in general mugs of ale uh, that are full and frothy and he sets one down for each of you and he holds up his glass and says to new experiences huh boys here 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 so you can uh clink your glasses together and drink and just then, as you are finishing your drink, uh, you hear a crash from the back room.
3: Army will spin her hand going to her hammer.
0: Uh, Dane uh, briefly laughs
2: and, and says,
3: Digger, the old super clumsy uh,
2: um, uh, busboy, the old super clumsy busboy from the the Sphinx. And, and then remembers that he's not there and that the person who dropped that clatter for the crap
3: probably isn't Digger. Does the bar start clapping like they do at an Applebee's when that happens? Uh,
0: No, you actually hear raised angry voices start to shout out over the noise of the tavern and the city. And from the back room, you actually see someone getting bodily picked up and thrown into the main bar. Whoa! That the winking Medusa's rowdier than I would have guessed. And you see two figures. Uh, one of them is a massive, imposing beast, something you've never seen before. This is a figure that is easily a foot and a half taller than Cassander. Massive, wide shoulders, uh, bare chest that is a kind of brownish dark brown tan but with some tinges of green flesh color he's wearing uh, leather pants and large boots dangling from his belt are various pouches uh, made of animal hide you see his belt is lined with teeth and skulls of small animals that you're not familiar with his bare chest is either tattooed or possibly branded with strange swirling shapes in a tribally pattern. Uh, He has long, dark hair uh, in dreadlocks tied back. His eyes are large, but sharp and angry. And he's got a a large, uh, wide set jaw with tusks protruding up. And his Massive forearms are again either etched or tattooed with these shapes and swirls. But you also see scars that are very clearly the scars of battle. So, so bare chest,
2: huge pouch, and uh, dreadlocks. Is is his name just douche bro? Because I feel like that's what we're gonna call him.
0: And this figure is. Uh, the one who threw the other one through the door. The figure on the ground is clearly a human, but uh, a very scrappy individual. He is small and lithe. Uh, he's wearing what looks like very nice clothes, uh, silk and polished leather. Uh, he's got a kind of a ruffle and a flare at his chest around his neck. He has a, a cloak that was thrown back and fell off. And he is sputtering and coughing as he gets up from the ground. The large figure is walking through the door. If you ever touch her again! And he's just growling this obscenity in a language that you cannot understand. And the figure who is on the ground... Hey now! Hey now! uh, This was purely a misunderstanding. This was absolutely... uh, I did not know that she was your property, sir. I apologize. I was simply trying to socialize. and uh, But by all means, I I, I I do apologize for what happened. And as he gets up, he rests his hand on a chair as if to steady himself. But in a moment, he uh, you see his hand blur. He picks up the chair and breaks it over the large figure's head. Well, that was unexpected. And yeah. with that... The There is a roar from this large beast of a man, and he charges forward, starting to uh, draw back his fist to land a blow on this small individual. And as he is running forward, the the figure that was on the ground, you see him nimbly, at the very last second, step to the side and get this large brute of a figure to crash into the dwarves that were at the bar. Oh, shit. It's on now. He bowls them all over, knocking them off of their stools, knocking their food and drinks to the floor. Oh, their little shot glasses of beer fell over. They get up. You hear them. You hear them speaking in dwarven and swearing mightily at this man. uh, You hear one of them say a word you have not heard before, but it sounds like orc. And with that and cursing his name and existence on this planet, they launch forward into a fight. And as they start tussling with this figure, they actually push them into the group of humans that were sitting at the table near you guys. As soon as fellow dwarves are in combat with non-dwarves,
2: I assume we're, at least, uh, Dane is right in there. It doesn't matter what's going on. If, if, if there's some dwarves punching non-dwarves, he wants to be on the punching side.
0: Well, there is a full brawl erupting at this point. Everyone is getting up from their tables, throwing things, knocking tables over. Captain Grimudgeon is laughing in a, an extremely thrill of the moment joy as he wades into the fight and let's roll initiative army will hand up uh, check please <laughs> uh, a a mug of ale smashes into your raised hand that was thrown from across the room and a taco box <laughs> a plate of food smashes in front of you <laughs> this this will do fine
1: <laughs> you're not getting a tip someone breaks a chair they don't tip in human society. No one told you that? Everyone makes a living wage on this island. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, very progressive. Tipping is unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: Uh, I'm at a 16. Army is at a 19.
2: Dane is at a... Once I figure out what the hell my initiative bonus is supposed to do, I think I get half proficiency in that, which is something weird. So I'm pretty sure it's
1: plus 6 or 7. Anyway, uh, he got uh, 17. Before we commence with um, with the, the order... Um, w- would it be easy for me to discern through the maelstrom that is bodies if one one person was to be maybe calm down? Uh, would that stop the brawl? You think, or is this has this gone too far and now it's just subdual damage all around?
0: Well, you know what? Why don't we wait till your turn in initiative and we can have a uh, a perception check if you want. All right, so. Uh, the the brawl is in full force around you. There's just a cacophony of chaos and noise here. You see Captain Grimudgeon uh, standing on a table, actually uh, with a plate of food in one hand, uh, uh, eating in the other, and just kicking people in the heads. And he's just laughing the entire time. Army, your turn.
3: Um, so Army is going to stand up. She's going to move over and take like a defensive posture over Dane, and sort of protecting him from what's about to happen.
0: Alrighty, well, Dane, it is your turn next, so what would you like to do? Uh, Dane, um,
2: with this big grin on his face, like he could not imagine a place that he would rather be, um, he, he, he ducks uh, an, an overpassing uh, glass that the shatters on the ground next to him. Dane, uh, having ducked this 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 glass, he, he sees kind of an opportunity through Army's uh, stout legs. And, uh, so, so, so he, uh, belly crawls through them, uh, taking only the briefest moment to glance up and remember that she's wearing trousers, not a skirt. And then, uh, he, he belly crawls underneath a couple of other tables, and then, uh, toward where the other dwarves are, they're, they're kind of, uh, in, in a little melee near the bar. They're, they've, they've beaten that, that poor guy who touched that dude's girlfriend senseless, right? And they're probably looking for other people to fight. And so, uh, Dane pops up, um, behind one of the per- people that, that uh, another human, right, who looks like he's got the drop on one of these dwarves, is punching down right? And uh, Dane being a dwarf does not like people when they punch down. You gotta punch up, right? And so he does. He punches up uh, straight into this guy's kidney. <laughs> 14 to hit. It's, it's kind of up and diagonal, right? The guy was, like, bending halfway. He's, he's like, turned, uh, you know, to 20 degrees. He's got, like, a wide swing going.
0: Oh, you absolutely connect.
2: All right. Uh, wow, that's uh, 21. No, 24 points of damage uh, straight to his uh, kidney. I think uh, he's whatever color, uh, you know, not being an expert on human physiology. I don't know what color their urine was, but I know it ain't going to be that color tonight.
0: You connect with this guy. You feel the crunch under your fist of bones and flesh. You see the air just explode out of his lungs as he doubles over in pain and drops to the ground. This, of course, draws the attention of his companions, who all turn on you. I'm, I'm like mid shake with the dwarf I saved before uh, one of them turns on me. And uh, now the three humans that were fighting alongside their friend are now all looking at you with murder in their eyes. Cassander, it is your turn.
1: Uh, yes. Cassandra would like to, before commencing whatever action,
0: maybe do something
1: to see if there was something or someone or ones that could be perhaps suggested into making this fight less a fight.
0: All right. Well, why don't you give me a perception check?
1: I'm going to easy roll a perception check. Woo! That is a 15.
0: All right. So as you are observing this bar you see that pretty much everyone is fighting with everyone else. There does not appear to be an epicenter of the fight. Cassander is not as shocked by the size of the city and civilization because he came to the Reforged Isles. He didn't live there. He didn't grow up there. So Cassander's seen the world. You're familiar with other people more so than your other two friends are. Uh, So your experienced eye tells you that this is just a chaotic fight. There's not one person who is orchestrating the fight. However, you do see that the human figure that started everything with this large brutish man, he is definitely instigating as he moves. You watch him uh, dance into a confrontation between two figures duck out of the way and redirect a blow or a tossed chair into another group and draw their attention over you see him shout an insult that turns someone's head but that person is now looking at someone across the bar not the man who just spoke so you see that he is not the middle of the fight but he's keeping the fight going Understood. You also see that uh, Dane is now the target of at least three individuals up towards the bar itself. You see Arami is standing near him. Uh, the original brutish hulk of a figure is now uh, boxing with two different dwarves over in the corner, trading blows uh, in hand-to-hand combat. And Captain Grimudgeon has jumped off the table, and he is uh, wrestling on the ground with a a strange figure that you don't recognize. But again, he's happy. He's laughing the whole time.
1: Okay, um, so it's safe to assume that most, if not all, of these people are within 30 feet of me?
0: Oh, absolutely. This is not a large bar.
1: Um, I would like to charm persons. Uh, I have a fourth level slot, and I'd like to use that to charm persons and I would like to charm I can charm four people with a fourth level with a fourth level slot I'm pretty sure I'm not good with magic but I think that's what I'm reading um, so I want to charm the the prince looking kid the the orc um, one of the dwarves that looks like a chief and then another aggressive human I guess and just kind of Try to bring them down to down to lukewarm, so we can not burn this place to the ground.
0: Okay, so uh, you let let me back up. You said you're targeting uh, the two people that started the fight to begin with. Yep, Uh, a dwarf who appears to be in charge. Yeah, like you know, you know, the guy that's like, "Come on, have them, boys!" Like that guy. And who was (laughs) the the guy that Dane Dane was
1: like? The guy that was Dane was like, "Yeah."
0: I'm like the guy that fisting Dane, him. The, this, yeah, exactly. the guy that Dane saved from uh, exactly. the attack,
1: exactly. And um, and then then the human who did
0: something similar it was like,
1: "Yeah, are you gonna let an orc talk to you like that?" That guy.
0: Okay, uh, so these guys will be making a Wisdom saving throw. Uh, what is your save DC?
1: Thirteen, I believe. Wait, no, now it's a fourteen.
0: Cool. All right, so none of them are actually fighting with you or your companions directly.
1: Yes. Which was key to me doing this.
0: All right. So, what does it look like when you cast a spell in the middle of this chaos? So,
1: uh, Cassander kind of does a a double, triple take and kind of sizes up everyone in the room. Kind of trying to figure out who's in charge. You know, people are kind of like animals that learned how to use tools and stuff. So he's sizing up who's the who are the alphas, who's who's in charge and, and he's kind of looking at it and he, and he kind of gets them in the gets them in his mind and he puts out both of his hands and uh, some green energy starts to emulate like around his fingers and kind of gives his body a little bit of a glow and his eyes become like a, a, a very light green and he just, hey, 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 hey let's just settle down, okay? And that kind of Waves out from him and coalesces on the people that he
0: was thinking about. All right, so the dwarf chief or captain, uh, as this energy settles on him, he actually turns his head sharply, looks at you, but you see that he is now looking at you with friendship. He he oh. look he looks at looks at you and nods at you. Uh, the the, the human leader, who is actually not with the ones at uh, the bar who the dwarves and now Dane were struggling with, he is off in the corner. He was um, fighting with some creatures you don't recognize. You see the same uh, look in his eye. As, as this energy hits him, uh, he ducks under a blow, looks over to you, and, uh, and nods in agreement. Uh, however, the large brutish figure and the sly mustachioed man who seemed to have started all this, as the energy hits them, they just shake it off. Damn it. The large figure, as the energy settles around his head, he just uh, grunts and, and shakes his head. And it's almost like there was kind of an an aura around his head as your spell hit him. And as he shakes his head, you just see that magic aura break and shatter Uh, there's no sound to it but it just shatters it the the sly mustachioed figure as the magic hits him you actually see him grin and wave his hand and the magic just dissipates however he does look over at you and hits you with a very inquisitive look as you are standing up and doing this oh damn I was hoping for a wink but alright Huh? Uh, the the battle continues around you. It is, in a typical bar fight, this is, this is less about uh, accomplishing a goal and more about just the thrill of the moment. And, oh, this guy punched me. I better punch him back. Uh, so you see uh, the dwarves that are around Dane, they are... They've kind of formed up ranks around him since he sprung out of nowhere to their aid. They kind of stand with him in a half circle around the bar and they are beating people back. The humans that were fighting them are still fighting them, but the human leader that Cassandra targeted is now shouting at them over the bar. He is trying to climb up on a table and shout at them to stop Fighting, Although as he climbs up on the table, uh, someone grabs his leg and yanks him back down. He actually falls flat on his face on the table surface. Uh, The large, brutish figure that Cassandra targeted with the spell is now still fighting with the dwarves, but he's also eyeing Cassandra directly. And Captain Grimudgeon has now fought his way to behind the bar, and he is drinking a mug of ale. Uh, he has his other hand on the forehead of a small, smaller figure holding him back as the figure just swings his arms, wildly trying to hit him and failing. <laughs> uh, we will return to Arami.
3: All right, so Army is continuing to do sort of like a perimeter sweep with her hammer, not realizing yet that Dane is no longer behind her. So she's just kind of like taking these shuffling steps side to side, and if anybody comes close enough, I'll sort of you know push them back. And then I I notice that there's a glint of blue uh, off to the to like, in my peripheral vision, and I see Dane is not behind me, and he's in a in this big sort of brawl. And I, re- I know there's no way for me to get there in time before the next swing. So Army's going like, to almost like reach out her hand, like, like she's trying to stretch, you know, to get, to get over to him. And when I do that, there is a sort of a, a ghostly image of myself that just basically flies, almost like a spirit across the room and takes up position next to Dane that looks just like me holding my hammer and will swing that hammer at anybody who tries to hit Dane.